Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Thousands of Aussies trust Aussie Broadband to keep them connected to the world, even when they're on the go. Because as well as reliable home internet, Aussie Broadband also offers flexible mobile plans with super generous data allowances and no locking contracts. Their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help you make the switch. It only takes a few minutes. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Search Aussie Broadband Mobile to find out more. T's and C's apply. Welcome back to Dylan Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, very excited for this episode today. Joined by the incredible Darcy Vessio. Been wanting to get Darcy on for such a long time. She's, she's a superstar um, on and off the field. And yeah, I was lucky enough to know Darcy for a while. We, we crossed paths when I was at the Blues and, and she was um, yeah, starting out at Carlton and, and obviously got signed as a marquee player um, back in 2016. So yeah, it's, it's been incredible to, to sit down today and have a chat with her about her journey and how far um, she's come. But yeah, not, not only you know herself personally, but how far FLW has come in general. And now with 18 teams in the AFL, it's been huge. Definitely learned some things from Darcy today. Um, it was incredible, some of her insight into, you know, the AFLW and what's happening. And uh, as I mentioned, how far it's come, but there's still a lot to go. Um, you know, players having to work part-time and, and obviously play AFL is really tough. And, and she explains it so well um, in terms of how, you know, AFL players need to be able to invest their time into into the game to get their, their skills better and, and their um, elite habits better. And it's really hard to be doing that when you're juggling so many careers. And yeah, it's so cool to see what she's doing and all the AFLW players doing in, in that space because it's underrated the impact they're having on, on the younger generation, especially seeing so many young women coming through and the pathways they're having and the TSE Cup level and, and VFL level and, and the like. So yeah, super blessed to sit down with Darcy, have a chat. I hope you enjoy it. And um, before we get into the show, if you do love the show, I say it every week, please make sure you subscribe or follow or We'll leave a review of whatever you want to do. It, it does help the show so much. Uh, so let's get into it. Illy, illy, illy. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. In many ways, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to Man. the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How do this is a meditating? It's like, I had a Wu-Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Darcy Vessio, welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast, my friends. It's on a pleasure, privilege to have you in. Thanks so much for having me, Dil. I'm so excited. Me too. Because we've been friends. And the first chat you had, you just reminded me of this, mm. was on discussions with Dylan back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking last night, uh, that was my very first interview as a Carlton player, was with you on the couch. They really must have thought good things of you if that's their first, <laughs> if I'm the first person that you're meeting at that club. Yeah, I was, I was so excited. I remember that's I was good. a bit nervous, but yeah, it was awesome. When, that would have been 2015? Uh, 16. 16. Yep. Yep, I feel like it would have been the night of being announced as a marquee player. Yep. So you and Brianna Davey. Yep. Who's now at the pies. Yeah. Yeah. The enemy. Shout out, Brie. Yeah, shout out, Brie. We love our coffee here. It's got a new coffee machine, mm-hmm. um, Inglewood. We love Inglewood coffee roasters. You, you love Inglewood, don't you? I love Inglewood. Yeah, you love it. I'm going to get you some coffee beans. <laughs> you drink cold brew, though. Well, I like, is it cold brew? This is a batch brew. Is that the same thing? I don't know. Okay. 
Now, that screams to me like you're cool when you drink that. Like I've never like sort of ordered that. I've never Mm. thought "Mm, I'm going to go for the batch of Peru. What what actually is that? Well, traditionally I'm a flat white girl. Yeah. Um, Normal milk or you? Yeah, just regular milk. Um, But then I was probably having like a litre of milk a day. So I was like, I probably need to cut back. (laughs) Um, So then I tried the long blacks and that was really hard. Um, and, and now I've sort of figured out that batch brews, it's, it, it feels a lot less, um, strong yeah. or I don't know, or, you know, I feel like when coffees have those fruity flavors that shines through in a batch brew. Um, and also it's very quick, like, because they've got the jug there. If you're in a rush, yeah. they just pour it. And so batch brew, um, is that like. You know, in America, when they're like sitting at diners, is that a batch brew? Is that like what about? Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I never know or what that is. A cup of joe. Like, yeah, I actually don't know um, the hmm. science behind how a batch brew is made. I have a couple of yeah. Look, I didn't think we we're going to talk about coffee for the whole podcast today, <laughs> but I just have a couple of really weird nuances with coffee, mm. and it makes me like you saying that as well about like drinking too much milk. It like honestly makes me feel sick even thinking about it. But yeah. you know, when someone like orders like a large latte, yeah. that like makes me feel so sick. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's so much milk. It's like it's a milkshake like a of coffee. It's a meal. It's a meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I actually don't even like talking about it. Um, so you don't do that, yeah? Nah, I don't <laughs> okay. do that. <laughs> Good. If anyone does, any of your teammates rock up and like, yeah. you're like, I'll get the batch brew. You keep, and then someone says, "I want like a lukewarm large latte." Yeah, like one of those real. Tall yeah, and you're just like, like "I'm not ordering that for you." Like that is <laughs> nah. disgusting. No, yeah, do you a favor. <laughs> yes. Small. Um, how have you been? What's been happening? Obviously, you're back at training now. The AFRW season is imminent. We're saying so. January seven mm-hmm. um, is the projected date that looks like it's all kicking off, which is great. It's a little bit delayed, obviously, of COVID and and everything else. But how's the training going? Yeah, it's going pretty well. Um, we had our first official. Um, session last night um, we've sort of had two weeks of induction and yep. yeah so it's been really fun being in at the club like feel pretty lucky being able to go in and everything feels normal compared mm. to life outside of footy so it's been good what do you focus on mainly in an off season like for you personally mm. speak to a lot of players about this now like is it improving what you're good at or is it working on deficiencies what's like where do you stand um, on that the most Probably a bit of both. Like I feel like you need to keep your strengths mm. strong um, and you want to be known for those things. So, yeah, I try to make sure I'm still working on those. But, um, yeah, I think for me like fitness has been a really big one that I'm trying to continually work at yeah. and create better habits and um, just be a bit more professional. Aerobically or just – Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just trying to um, – develop a new relationship with running I think you not didn't like didn't like training too much no no I think I've always (laughs) I've always read the ball well I can read the bounce um read the play um so that was sort of where I had my little shortcuts um but now everyone can do that and um everyone's fit so it makes it hard doesn't it yeah mine was like couldn't read the ball and wasn't fit so it's sort of like (laughs) worse of both worlds but I know what you're saying like you look at players like Tom Mitchell and stuff and you always think I've got to be quick, but then like you get to see like Scott Penelbury, Tom Mitchell and mm. these types of players and you're like, they're not like quick. So like you don't have to have it. No, no. Yeah, fitness no. is big though. Fitness is one. I think the fitness in any sport and especially in AFL these days is the only thing you cannot bluff is yeah. being able to run. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to help you 
yeah. no matter what, like no matter how fit you are, like if you can get fitter, it's yeah. going to help. Well, is, is, am I right to say like Daisy Pierce and Aaron Phillips are like the fittest players in AFLW? I don't know, actually. I don't know if they'd be the fittest, you know, running, running. a 2K or something, okay. but probably if you looked overall, like strength-wise, um, yeah. I guess the... What would you say? Holistic. Um, yeah, word yeah, I like to perhaps. Use. yeah, yeah. And Erin Phillips, she's um, been part of an elite system playing yeah. basketball and everything like that. So you can just see, like, she's a specimen. Yeah, she is. She's a bit of a freak show. Um, you came off, obviously, leading goal kick last year, 2021 season. Mm. Successful season, being the loading goal kicker. How did you see it? Was it everything you wanted? Like, I, I think you obviously played very well, but did you get out of it what you wanted? Yeah, I guess individually, um, oh, and as a team, like we had a pretty slow start to the season, and um, I'd felt like I'd had my best preseason to date, um, and was feeling really good heading into the season. So then, um, yeah, the first few games, like I don't think I maybe kicked a goal in round one, but didn't kick a goal for the first three or four games. So then, um, was sort of being like feeling, feeling, still feeling confident in my ability, but just being like, ah, oh, just a little bit off it. Yeah. Um, and then things sort of clicked into gear the second half of the season, which was good. But, um, yeah, it's important to have good seasons. Um, and you do feel like you, you need to. Like I know um, there's an expectation that I kick goals and yeah. am able to contribute to the team. So to be able to do that feels good. Um, but, yeah, like as a team we didn't do what we wanted to do, but that's okay. You're not always going to do that. Yeah. Well, it seems like you uh, – did you miss it by one game? Did you missed out on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we had um i think we yeah just missed out by one hmm. one game so yeah to sort of have a season like we did and only just miss out like i guess that's a bit of a silver lining but still um disappointing what do you do when you start the season not the way you want mm. how did like was there like a crucible moment or something you realize a conversation you had that kicked you back in or was it just like trust the process it's going to turn i think a bit of both i think um aflw because it's so short like you, you can't can afford really... to have a bad slump really yeah like, yeah the first couple of games like we were soul searching and it's yeah. like we don't need to be doing this like yeah. it's okay um but yeah i think we just sort of after the first couple of losses we're just like you know we can't worry about it we just have to try to do better next game mm. just kind of free ourselves from that expectation yep we haven't started the way we wanted um but if we let that stress sort of infiltrate the team then it's only going to be bad so um yeah i felt like we sort of shook it off and then tried to play better footy from there it's i'm so glad you said that like i literally think that problem of like what did you use what word did you use there you like the panic at the start of a season yeah, like, yeah. what did you say then it was a great way of explaining it because that is the most uh, that is how i sum afl up in general yeah yeah and, and maybe even professional sport like yeah. people panic yeah. pressure builds mm. and it's like just fucking chill like yeah, yeah. literally relax yeah and it, and it is um tricky because the season is only nine or ten yeah. games long like that is um you feel True. that yeah. but um yeah like in a longer season you do feel like you can build you can afford a few stumbles early and that sort of thing but I think you do need to try to trust all the work you've done and um, the people who you're playing with that it's going to be okay. You can yeah. absorb the pressure. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And it does make it a lot trickier when there is there is nine games, which we will chat about um, in, in due course. But I want to talk about your story quickly, how you got into AFLW, how you're doing mm. what you're doing now. 
Um, you grew up in Markwood. Now, yeah. shout out to Markwood. We love Markwood. We love 257 <laughs> people there now of Markwood because yeah. it, it was 258. You went out here. Left. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they're missing you. What was, yeah. what was it like growing up there? And where is it? Yeah, it's um, if you know northeast Victoria, it's sort of smack bang in between Wangaratta and Myrtleford. So oh, nice, beautiful, God's country. Yeah, 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 yeah. stunning. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that area. Yeah, bit of snow. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. There's, I guess, Hotham nearby. Yeah. Um, we're not really a snow family, so I don't no. really, I don't know where I the snow is. I can take skiing. I went once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I grew up on a farm. Um, I've got two brothers, mum and dad, my nonna and nonna lived across the paddock. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a pretty good childhood just running around. Um, I'd say we lived on a farm, but I'm not really a farm girl. Yeah, okay. I'm more so just, did you farm? Like as in your family farmed? Or yeah, was you, yeah. Yeah. Well, it used to be a um, tobacco farm, but then, um, yeah, they've got beef and a few chooks and that yeah. sort of thing. So yeah, it's a, it's not a huge farm, but yeah. So yeah. tobacco farming, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so they farm tobacco. Tobacco, so yeah. So how do you grow that out of curiosity? Um, well, I, I don't really know because yeah. it sort of uh, would have been when I was younger okay. that they were still doing that. But oh, You don't I, have to lie for them. If they're, still, <laughs> they're still legally growing yeah. it. Like, it's fine. We're not going <laughs> to. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. Um, no, well, yeah, you grow it yeah, out in the fields and then they've got the big kiln so Water you dry it, it out. Yeah. Um, and then I don't really know the process. Yeah, well, it sounds like any other plant. You plant it, water it, and it yeah, yeah. grows. Yep, that's okay. it. Okay, makes sense. Um, how did you transition then like into footy? So you're playing um, in Markswood, in Markwood, sorry, not, not Markswood, Markwood. Um, was it, you know, really prevalent like AFL at that time? Did you just grow up playing with, with the boys? Because back then, assuming that there was no real pathway for women. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I feel like I was footy obsessed growing up. Um, I was a Saints supporter. Um, and, yeah, like most small country towns, like the footy netball club is sort of the heartbeat of the town. Markwood didn't have its own um, club. Myrtleford Saints. But, yeah, Myrtleford and Wirrali. Um So Wirrali's just about 10 minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started playing my Auskick there when I was five. What were they? Lions. Lions, is that what you mean? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Rowley Lions. Um, and they sing the set to the same tune as Carlton, so that's kind of nice. Um, I like that. Yeah, uh, we didn't sing it very much. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I started playing, yeah, when I was five because my older brother Zeb played and everything that he did I was just – I wanted to do and mum and dad were very supportive of that. So, yeah, yeah sort of played – with Rowley up until I was 12 or 13 and then had one year um, at the Myrtleford Saints and then, yeah, had to pack up mm. playing and I remember I honestly did not think I would play in a league or anything again. I sort of thought that was that was it. Um, there were a few other girls who had done the same thing. They were the only girl in the league and then when they hit 14, like, that's when they had to stop. So... Up until that point, I was like, that's my career. That's what it looks like. Um, And so, yeah, I sort of just played a little bit of school footy like once or twice a year um, when that rolled around. And then when I moved to Melbourne, that's when I slid back into footy just sort of by chance. And that was with the Falcons? um, Yeah, yeah. Darren Falcons. Sorry, just back on that point though, because it's it's something that I've really – I can't imagine, you know, how hard that would have been to be – you love and playing footy and taking it away from you. But it sounded like what you were saying then is because there was no pathway, like it just that in your mind, you're like, Oh, okay. Well that's, that's the way it is. Yeah. Like, is that what in that, at that time, 
before there was something there that was just probably expect like was that what just expected yeah yeah well I knew like I think my parents made sure that I knew that it would be my last season so it wasn't a shock or anything and because I'd seen girls before me have to stop playing and because there was there was nothing there like I couldn't it's not like there was a pathway I knew I could go into or anything like that um but it's funny like I always felt like I was pretty at peace with it um but then talking to mum and dad I think they said like when I knew I was playing my last game, like I was in tears and everything mm. like that. But I feel like I must have just suppressed that memory. Um, but yeah, I felt like you only know what you know sort of thing. I think something that really stood out to me, and I hope that you still have this at the Carlton, but it was like the game changes. Mm. And that was what you called yourself. Yeah. And I actually like really took that on board. So I was like, fuck, at the end of the day, like this is actually part of history right now. Like you yeah, actually yeah. are game changers. Yeah. You are changing the game. Mm. And still now like oh, i think how fucked nine years ago like yeah. and it is where it is i think because we live it every day like i think sometimes we forget like how quickly things have changed mm. like it's been a lot of work for many decades to get to this point but when you're living it you can feel like oh like things are quite slow or um but then if i think of myself growing up like there was no aflw to no. look up to and I, I think I would have been an unbearable child if there was. Like, mm. I would have been so obsessed. Yeah. I, like, I was obsessed with, um, yeah, with watching Saints and, you know, the stats and everything. But if there were women running around, I think I would have been, yeah, just bouncing around. When did the, the idea of it actually become reality? Like, you, you moved down to Melbourne, played with the Durham Falcons. Mm. Um, I remember watching the Durham Falcons because I used to live in Fitzroy and my mate lived in Preston and we'd catch a tram down and, we'd play in the cricket nets and it was all, I think they played on, I think it was like a Sunday or something mm. like that, but we'd always play in the cricket nets and be watching the Darwin Falcons mm. play at the same time. Yep. <laughs> and like, you were probably there at that stage. Yeah, yeah. But what was that like playing with the Falcons? Cause like we see now, I think the two biggest clubs is, was it Diamond Creek and the, and the Falcons? Yeah. Yep. And you look at those two teams now and like literally not like 95% of those players are the best players in the AFL. Yeah. Yeah. In the AFLW. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. Like, um, as I said, like I didn't intend on starting footy when I moved to Melbourne mm. as an 18-year-old. What did you move for, just uni or school? Yeah, yeah, to study graphic design. Um, and it was because I played netball with someone whose dad was like, oh, I know of this team. that you, Like there's a women's league down there and I was kind of like, whatever. Um, and he got in contact with them and um, I think yeah. my dad made a phone call and then... Um, yeah, mum and dad were, I reckon mum took me down the first training session, had a signed check for my fees and stuff. <laughs> and it was amazing. Like I still remember the first time I walked in, like walking down the little hill and just seeing the girls kick. And I was like, I can't believe every girl is kicking a drop punt. They're mm. all marking it in their hands. Like I was naive, but I, like I genuinely thought I was the only girl who could sort of do that. Like, mm. or I was you know, a special kind, but, um, yeah, it was like walking onto another planet. Um, but yeah, I I started playing there and at that point it was still sort of a hobby, like, especially for me, like, um, you know, some of the girls were a lot more professional. Like I played with Daisy and, um, Astor O'Connor, Karen Paxman, Melissa Hickey. Um, and they were, they all carried themselves a lot more professionally than I did when I was an 18 Mm -hmm. year old. But, um, yeah, I, I loved it and I thought it was awesome. And I remember it wasn't until I got given a 
a jumper, a Guernsey, and I saw that it said the VWFL, and I was like, oh, shit, this is a good league. Yeah. Because like, I'd heard about it, and I didn't know. I didn't know. I was like, oh, I didn't know what league I was in or whatever, but I was like, no, nah, this is this is a good one. I'm in, yeah, I'm in, I'm in gold right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That's um, elite. So, yeah, I remember thinking, oh, that's awesome. Um, and then playing there, um, I think – Maybe it was in 2015, the first sort of exhibition. Oh, actually, no, it would have been 2013, perhaps. The first exhibition game between Bulldogs and Melbourne was happening and you had to nominate yourself to be drafted. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing it and thinking, like, it wasn't really a thing. Um, (laughs) But I ended up putting my form in. And I remember on the day of the draft, I emailed Jan Cooper, the woman who was organising it, and she's a huge figure in women's footy. She's done so much. And I was like, oh, hey, Jan, like, I haven't heard back about the draft tonight. Like, <laughs> am I like, am I in it? Yeah. And she's like, oh, nah, didn't get your form in time. Um, but go anyway so you can enjoy the night with your friends. And I was like, no, like, what have I done? Um, so you didn't, you didn't submit your form? I didn't submit my form in time. I say I did because I reckon it was like, postmarked by the date but they didn't get it in time so I remember going on the night I saw Daisy get drafted at number one and all my friends and I was pretty flat like I think it wasn't until the day of the draft that I was like oh no this is like a thing this is something I actually want to be part of um but yeah like and what happened did you get no like I just I wasn't in it like (laughs) the top 50 got drafted and I wasn't part of it and I don't know if I would have been drafted but I would have liked to have you know had my hat in the ring but um yeah I remember Daisy dropped me home that night and she said like maybe contact Jan and see if you can like be water runner or something on the day and I was like I was so mopey I was like happy for her but I was just really sad that I'd messed it up um so yeah that's where my head was at and where my organization skills <laughs> were at pretty much. Um, I deserved it. Um, but then, yeah, the next year I got my draft form okay, in good. on time and yeah. went to Bulldogs. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, it sort of wasn't until those exhibition games came. Um, and when we had our, the first televised game and stuff like that, um, when I thought, oh, like the AFL's pretty invested in this and who knows what will happen. So three exhibition games? Was it three or two? Yeah, I think. Three um, years there was ex- and, until the yeah, team started? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think it was over three years, but yeah. some years we had two games. So Yeah. Yep. So when did like your actual reality of going, all right, there's some teams now. I think they started with eight teams, was it? Mm. Eight teams was the first initial yeah. drop. Um, obviously, you're a marquee signing at the Blues. Yeah. When did all that come to fruition? When did you actually start going, fuck, this is actually... This is actually reality now. Yeah, well, I think I started working at the club as a graphic designer. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was upstairs. You'd always come around, yeah. say good day to everyone. I spent more time upstairs and <laughs> it probably showed in my ability yeah. football, but I really liked nah, the upstairs nah. department. It was fun. Nah, yeah. you were awesome. Like you were one of the few guys who really seemed to enjoy getting around it. the admin stuff. <laughs> I loved it. They were like, better people. Yeah. yeah, nicer people up there, I tell you. Yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, I... I worked there. Um, I started working there just before we got granted a women's license. So mm-hmm. it was sort of funny, like working Is that like there. a dodgy sort of like a deal? It might have been. Looking I now, know. I'm just sort of reading between the lines. They've <laughs> signed you up before there's a team. I'm not trying to get you in trouble here, but you're working at the club. I think they they were like, 
I think they knew they'll, I could play it's footy. Like they'll they you, knew I could I too, so. They knew I could play footy. They knew I could design, and yeah. they were like, "It would Let's be a good two, opportunity yeah. to get her in." Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't think I was in that marquee bracket anyway. Um, when we got a license, like I, I wasn't like, "Oh, I'm going to get signed as a marquee." I thought maybe like as a um, priority pick. That's where the clubs could mm-hmm. um, sign somebody else outside of the marquee who had an affiliation with the club. So yep. I was thinking, oh, like maybe that's where I could come in. Um, but, yeah, I remember um, talking to Lauren Arnell one day. She said to me that the club were looking at doing them, like picking me up as a marquee player. And I I was like, oh, holy, holy shit. Like I can't believe that because um, I sort of had – I was trying to play it cool a little yeah. bit upstairs, you Trina know. Trina Mankem came. Yeah. yeah. Were, no, I don't care. You know, like the staff were interested in, wi- in women's footy and, you know. They- yeah, I think it was, it was obvious. I remember when I, I definitely remember it going down um, when when you signed and, and Bree signed and, and Lauren obviously was the captain of that stage. The big moment though, like, and for me that stands out was that like first game at, mm. at um, Icon um, against the Pies. Like that, that was so big. It was huge. Yeah. Like what... Take us back to that. Like, what do you remember from from that game? Um, yeah, well, I suppose it was a pretty big build up, like because we knew that we were playing Collingwood for yeah. the first ever um, AFLW game, um, and because I was working at the club, like I obviously had a lot of insight into what all was the happening planning that was yeah. going on. Yeah, and like everyone was pumped. They didn't really know what to expect. Like I didn't know what to expect, and then. Like a week out, the game got shifted to Icon because the Holden Centre only had a 5,000 people capacity. Yeah. And I remember Mo Hope saying at the time, like, that's not even enough for my family. So <laughs> she was like, um, so the, obviously the AFL was listening to what the public was saying yeah. as well, that it was going to be a really momentous occasion and people wanted to get there. Um, but I think we catered for like 12,000 people mm. and then they were thinking like if we got maybe 15, 17,000, like that would be huge. Massive. And then to clock over 25,000 was amazing. Um, but, yeah, I sort of remember um, the build-in to the game. Um, it, like it was quite funny because th- on the morning of the game, I remember because it was a late – because we never played at night. Like every game I'd ever played in women's footy was 2 p.m. Sunday. Yeah. Like that was, yeah, 2 p.m. That was Sunday. the worst yeah. time slot. <laughs> like like you literally the worst time to take out anything, the whole like weekend. Anything. <laughs> nah, you can't go out afterwards. Yeah, you like, can't enjoy Saturday I don't even like doing anything on Sunday at 2 <laughs> yeah, p.m. alone. Nah. It was terrible. Um, but so we were playing like Friday night. Oh, I think it was a Friday night. Um, so I thought I'd have a nice sleep in, try to eat up the day. Um, and then I got a knock on my door. My housemate Meg was knocking on my door and it's weird. Like we don't usually wake each other up or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we don't have a weird like alarm <laughs> knocking system. Um, and I opened the door. I was like, what? And she was like, oh, have you checked your phone? And I was like, nah, like what's going on? She's like, you need to open up your phone. Like your Twitter's been hacked. And I remember, <laughs> I remember opening up my phone and yeah, I had heaps of messages, like heaps of calls from my brothers and stuff and from the club and like, yeah, my name on Twitter had been changed to like Judy Kelly and it was like a really graphic photo as my profile picture and like some some pretty bad posts had been put up. Okay. And I think it had gone out because the club had like <laughs> an... Judy Kelly, what is yeah, she doing? Yeah, Judy Kelly. So like, you know how you have to 
go on the internet to find your porn star name. Like, I yeah. already know mine. Yeah, like, Judy it's Kelly. Judy Kelly. <laughs> Judy Kelly. <laughs> That's um, right. But it was just, yeah, it was strange timing. Um, but I think the club. It's not the most ideal prep going yeah, into yeah. You know, Judy and Kelly just steaming in and yeah. putting yeah. some graphic images. Yeah, it's my know. alter ego yeah. on match day. Um, <laughs> <Just> claim it. <laughs> But yeah, the club was concerned because they had an automated like tweet newsletter thing. So like oh, no. it had been sent out to the members, like <laughs> updates and Judy. stuff. So they'd Judy. been smashed with some porn on like Friday morning. Um, <laughs> so that was, um, I just found it really funny. Like, cause I was like, I'm not going to stress about it. Like, I'd, like whatever. Um, so it was kind of like just a funny thing to have happened on the morning. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the day was just a bit of a laugh. And it's then, all up from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it probably helped calm the nerves. And then, um, yeah, I remember arriving at the game, seeing people lining up. Um, and then it wasn't until I think the first warm-up when we went out, I was looking around and I was like, oh, like there's a fair few people here. Like this is awesome. Um, and it was like the perfect night for it, um, a nice sunny day. Um, and then I remember the last time we ran out, um, like Lauren Arnell, we were in the, um, the race and she'd sort of said, like, when you get out there, like, I know it's a massive game, but just like try to take it in. Mm. Like, this is really special. Um, so I remember going out and just looking around and it was just like, it's funny, but I could just see like skin. Like it was so packed that I was just like, there's just people's faces everywhere. And I was like, looking at certain parts of the game and I was like, that's like where stairs are and there's just people filling that spot mm. up. Like that's like the grassy knoll. Like that's, yeah, it was just amazing seeing how many people were there. And then, yeah, the game, like obviously um, it was a really exciting game for us and, um, yeah, like I just felt like the whole night it was just like we were floating around and it was awesome. Yeah, it was. I remember it really did set the tone for FFLW and, and what it was uh, going to represent in the years to come. What do you think now, like in, in footy, has been the most pleasing thing that's happened since then in AFL women's? I suppose we talk about the pathways a lot, yeah. but it is a really important thing. Like if you look at the girls coming through the draft now, like they're just so much better than what we were sort of thing. Um, and you can see how much AFLW coming in has changed like their trajectory yeah. into footy. Um, Cause some of those girls would have been like 14, 13, maybe when um, AFLW started so they could see it. Yeah. Um, and the whole way through that's something they've wanted to become, um, which none of the women who were part of AFLW at the start, like none of them had that sort of vision going forward. Yeah. So um, I think that's a really amazing thing. Um, yeah. I think that that's like, and I, I hope we're on the same page here, but one of the most, my biggest pet hates with with haters of, of AFL women's and, and not haters, but people that are knocking at the most. It's like, it's not like, yes, what's happening right now is incredible and it's game changing and it's the way of the future, but it's not actually about the now. It's about like the five years and the 10 yeah. years. And it's about exactly that. It's like yeah. having kids and growing up with your daughter being able to do the same thing as your son. And yeah. that's why I don't, I don't understand what people don't get. And that's yeah. probably one bit where I'm just like, what the fuck? Like you're bagging this, but it's not, it's not about this. It's about this. Yeah. I think some people don't really think about the bigger picture. picture. Yeah. Um, but also like so many people that, 
you know, don't love women's footy or are against it. Like they're not the people who have ever watched a game. Or no, they're like, and they've got Holden Commodores in their DPs. Yeah, so, yeah. So like, they're, <laughs> they're transformers. They're a bassist, yeah. of like, and that's fine. But yeah, yeah you don't it's – it's funny, isn't it? Like not that, you know, trolls in general, I don't like giving it time of air, but sometimes – I think you're lying if you say that shit doesn't affect you. Like, mm. I can get a message sometimes and I'm like, oh, that made me feel really shit. Like, yeah. Even I don't even know this fucking person. I have nothing, like, I'll never care again. But it is annoying yeah. that these, like, people hold so much weight yeah. sometimes. Like, yeah. And I think you definitely develop, like, thicker skin over yeah. time. Like, I know in year one, if I'd read something negative, like, it would really mm. affect me. And, like, and I haven't even received much personal negativity mm. but just reading it and knowing that yeah. that's about like the people you everything. play with and, and what you like yeah and what mm. you're working for yeah. and everything like that so I think now you sort of yeah you know like that it's not coming from a great place and no. that there's just a lack of understanding but it's still it's disappointing that yeah. people would spend time to write that sort of stuff because I just yeah. think of the things that I don't like or things I'm not mm. interested in. Like I never would insert myself into no. that space and write that I hate it. Like, no, it's, it's weird. It's almost, yeah, it's, it's not something that I would personally do either. But I think yeah. one thing I heard a lot and I've said it before, but the one way I deal with it now in just in everything, like personally what I do is I think of like my most favourite person in the world. So like, who's your favourite person in the world? Probably like mum or dad. Mum or dad, Okay. Let me reframe that. Who's your favourite, like, most notable person? Not that your parents aren't notable, but I mean, like, I'm saying, like, most notable person that maybe has, a, like, a, a bit of a platform. Could be a singer, could be an actor, could be oh, okay. me, if you want. Um, like, wherever it is. I don't know. Maybe, like, Serena Williams Serena or someone Williams. like that. Do you think everyone likes Serena Williams? Yeah, no. And does that make you like her less? Nah. Well, it makes me like her more. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I think that's what the point of that is, is, like, even if you like someone mm. and you like something and other people don't, it doesn't make me like it any less than what yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah, um, that's true. So obviously 18 teams now in AFLW. Mm-hmm. I've added teams. So Hawthorne, Essendon, Sydney. Port. Port. Where does it need to get to to be the elite standard? Like mm. at the moment, talk us through what your team's got. Like do you think that you've got, and this is actually quite, I don't know, mm. you've got coaches, obviously you've got high-performance staff. Is everything there that you need to be a professional yeah. team well i'd say we've got a great support team around us but the thing is that we only have a six-month contract mm. and during that time it's 15 hours a week so yeah. it's not a heap of time um it's not time it's not yeah so time. you know at the moment we're in contract um we probably have three sessions we do tuesday night thursday night saturday morning um and it's five hour sessions um and it also means that the support staff like maybe one or two are full-time and Mm -hmm. everyone else is working on top of another job um Mm. which means that like they just can't put in as much much energy yeah yeah or um they're trying to give as much as they can and it's the same with the players like what we were saying earlier like um myself in the league like i'm not not on terrible pay but um you know i have the opportunity to do sponsorships and and partnerships and things like that whereas Mm. there's only such a small percentage of girls who can do that Mm. and most of the women playing are on like twenty thousand or less for the whole year um but and that's sort of what's holding us back i think um because if you can't dedicate 
the time you want to put into your craft and your fitness and everything like that, then it's really hard to get to where you want to get to as a team. And especially mm. if only six months of the, the year you're being supported financially for all the work you're putting in, it makes it really difficult. Um, so that's probably, I think the first step would be being paid 12 months of the year, whether yep. or not that means we're at the club 12 months of the year. Like, yep. um, And then hopefully sooner rather than later we can um, create a structure where we're supported all year round, we're in at the club. And that's where I think you'll see exponential growth in the game and it'll be um, where we all want it to be. Yeah. No, I can, t- I can 100% agree with that. I mm. think that being in a sport where you're developing skills, you're developing structure, all these things, if you're doing it 15 hours and then mm. going off and doing your other job, yeah. it's going to make things very hard. Yeah. The question for that that I have is you've got the AFLW season, right? That's like eight or nine games. Mm-hmm. Then it goes into the VFL season. Why isn't like the AFL season, the AFLW season just the AFL, the VFL season? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like why do you play nine games? Why wouldn't that just be in conjunction with the AFL season? Is there a reason for that? Like do you... Um, well, I think the original idea behind having it over summer was that yeah. it would have that clear air. Um, and it's be just, it. yeah. You, yeah, it's yeah. just pretty much it started straight after the tennis. Yep. Um, maybe there was a few clashes with cricket, but mm-hmm. it was before the men's season. Mm-hmm. So it could people could just consume AFLW and if people wanted a footy fix, then AFLW would yep. be there. Yep. Um, but as we're seeing, like as the season grows, like there's going to be overlap. Mm. Um, and I don't know if playing across summer, um, like the hottest months of the year is yeah. where you're going to find the best footy. Yeah. Or anyway. seven days after Christmas. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> seven days. I'm normally in a food coma still. Yeah. After. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's something where I'm not sure in the future, whether we will play across winter yeah. or whether both seasons will slide either way. Um, cause I think it's pretty impossible to never clash. Yep. Um, and I think if you see it as a clash, then maybe that's an issue in itself. Like, mm. um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure where, yeah, where the AFL is planning to move things. Is there a time frame that like the, the AFL have given around full time for AFLW? Is there, is that like in a plan at the moment? And again, like I'm not, I actually think. I hope that this is right, but I feel like the AFL have actually done an incredible job. So I'm not knocking mm. them at all. They've done yeah. like to grow women's footy has been unbelievable, mm. um, and they've done an incredible job at it. But is there a timeline for that? Like, have you had clarity on when that actually might be that that's uh, the way it'll work? Or well, I think at the moment because we're about to enter another CBA negotiation, right. I think that's what's being spoken about now. Because yeah. um, I think you know we're five years in now. Um, I think girls want to know like what they should be prioritizing in their life as well, like whether football is sustainable. Some players have had to leave, haven't they? Because of work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I think the demand is going up for sure. Like from first year to season six now, like it's a completely different expectation on what players are doing, but the hours haven't changed that much. The pay hasn't changed that much. Um, So girls are, especially girls on tier four, which is 16 out of the 30 players are on that tier four payment, which is the lowest payment. Okay. Um, it's around $20,000. Yeah. Um, and those girls aren't the ones getting sponsorships and that sort of thing. So more than half of the players in the league are really starting to feel that pinch. Mm. Um, and for the young girls, especially like if they've grown up seeing AFLW, 
and then they get to AFLW and like that's where the pay and that sort of thing is at, then they they might be prioritising AFLW, but long term that might not be. It's not feasible. Yeah, the smartest option. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I, that, I was just thinking that then if someone's like in, incredibly intelligent, they're at university, they want to be a doctor. Yeah. Would they go and play FLW and earn 20 grand when they mm. have 10 years of study ahead and they probably just have to do that career choice as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a mm. few things like oh, it's a pretty complex it is. space. But um, I think, yeah, it's definitely getting better. But, um, yeah, it's also getting harder. What, what do you think like um, – and, again, I just can't express like how much – I do think it is doing a good job at the moment. We're talking things that still need to get better because it's not where it wants to be. Yeah. But what do you think um, can be like the biggest support from, you know, uh, either current AFL players, the AFL or even the general public? What can help grow AFLW the most? What, what do you think? If, if you could say to someone, if you wanted to like to support or help, what would be the one mm. thing? Is it going watching games? Is it getting memberships? Is it um, just what, what is it? What's the biggest Yeah, thing? I think the three things you mentioned like, showing up at the games is huge um also buying memberships yeah that helps as well but also watching it on tv so just actually showing up showing that you want aflw is a really big thing um i think for the men um playing afl like coming to games um i think that shows people um the support coming from the men like i think and especially for people who idolize afl m players like to see them at games does influence the culture and Mm. what society thinks of women playing sport. Um, So I think that's something really simple that they can be doing. Um, But yeah, I think just showing support, like I think we can all acknowledge that um, it's not exactly where it needs to be, um, but we all want to work towards a better game. So yeah, having that support is important. Have you liked um, seeing like, players transition out of AFL to coming and coaching AFLW. There's been a lot mm. of players of late that have, have done that. Um, yeah. Sean Hampson's just signed up with yeah, – I yeah. had no idea that he even liked footy. Yeah. I didn't even really like <laughs> Hampo's one of the best blokes in the world. I, yeah. I, had, I didn't know that he was interested in getting back into footy, but from all reports, it's been incredible. He's yeah. one of the most – he's one of the biggest gentlemen I've ever met in my life. Yeah. He's a massive unit. He's so big. <laughs> he's biceps. He's just so like big, yeah. bigger than my head. Yeah. Um, which isn't that big. Yeah. My forehead. Um, um, how's he been? And yeah. have you liked it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome yeah. seeing, um, yeah, like even uh, we had Sim come across. Yeah. Um, He's coaching the forwards. Yeah. He would yeah. not know the first thing about <laughs> playing forward in his life. Oh, he knows what back Just maybe the like. selfishness, I suppose, of <laughs> what he used to be like as a defender. That's, yeah. that's maybe. <laughs> I'm just talking about one of the game's greats here in the stadium. Yeah, I, yeah. He knows I'm joking, hopefully. You know, he just had a baby? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Simon and D. D. So yeah, awesome. beautiful little. Baby um, how was boy. he? He would have loved it. He's getting oh, into his coaching. He's been amazing, yeah. and I think um, that's probably a really big thing for the AFL guys is knowing how much knowledge they have and mm. how much they can, how much we appreciate learning that knowledge. Like I think, like I think sometimes we can feel like the boys just aren't getting that involved because they don't want to. But I think sometimes you almost have to invite them into the space and be like. Yeah you guys hold so much value yeah. and like we all just want to get better at playing footy. So yeah, I feel like, I don't know, maybe you'd, you'd know more like being in an AFL space, like you can be so focused on what you're doing and maybe there's just not that awareness that like people 
actually really appreciate your expertise. That's a really good point. I, I think you've actually nailed that there. Like none of the um, the guys that I know, especially like they love to help out. But mm. I think sometimes as well, you don't want to be seen to act like you know what you're talking about. Mm. And especially in, in, in footy, there's only like, you know, it's like there's probably five players in a team that are comfortable. Yeah. The rest are like, shit, I'm playing badly. I call my to tell people what to do. Yeah. But I've seen now a lot more players be like, no, you know what? I really want to get into coaching. It's a good way for me to, you know, transition from football. What's your views as well on like the um, women's coaching in in AFLW? Should that be prioritised too? Because we've got players like Peter Sir, obviously, mm. like she was she was coaching VFL like back when I was like my first few years, like 2011. Yeah. Alicia Eva, one of my favourite people to yeah. bless this planet. She's just like an absolute star. She coached me at the Giants. Mm. Beck Goddard. Yeah. Who, so Beck was at Adelaide. Yep. And now she's going, is it confirmed she's, she's going to Hawks? Yeah, is that yep. Like, yep, she'll is coach that, the Hawks. Yeah. Do you think that's like something that should be prioritised or for you is it just like whoever's the best person mm. at the job right now? Like half, obviously, I'm assuming you love him. He's yeah, been at the booth right. for a long time. He's doing, <laughs> you love him maybe, but yep. he's doing a good job. Like what's your, your thoughts on that? I think it should be definitely looked at. Like yes. I think, I think well, I think a lot of the time we say um, that a lot of the best future female coaches are currently playing. So, um, and I think that's always been the natural sort of way in the AFL world, like past players become coaches and that sort of thing. Um, But I guess it's realising that at the moment, um, if that's how you value coaches, like there's not going to be many women that tick those boxes, even though they might be great coaches um, or might have experience Mm. elsewhere. So um yeah I think like as girls of course you want to have the best coach you can um but I think it's just looking at what your criteria for that is and whether that does need to shift to allow a more diverse coaching panel which I think benefits everyone yeah having that um but yeah it's sort of hard hard to know and because I'm not in the coaching space I don't really know exactly how it would feel being a female coach in that space yeah um but I think it's just being aware that you're not going to get a 300 gamer um like a woman coaching yet or yeah. a, a hall of famer or something like that because they don't they haven't had that opportunity mm. i think again it's like the point of when you're a kid and because you don't see it happening you don't mm. think it's possible mm. but then you know with beck and peter and alicia like these people when you see it's there you go fuck that actually is a possibility now yeah like that's what it is definitely and yeah. i think i think it would still be quite difficult being like one of the only women in coaching because like even though you'd be like I'm more than capable of doing my job like it is like you know when you're different in Mm. that space and you might feel like you're always having to push certain things like women's footy forward um, when maybe you just want to focus on coaching or whatever or you don't want to be pigeonholed as only women can coach women yeah yeah, yeah. you know things like that whereas I don't know I think in AFLW even though you know, we're trying to create this pathway and we're still in, you know, the first, that's sort of initial period. Like I know there's 419 other players around me all doing the same thing. So you do have that sense of like doing it as a pack rather than just feeling like you're the lone sort of coach up there. Do you feel like an obvious question, what's the impact like for you having that on like young girls coming through mm. the game like is that more special than even playing footy yeah I, I think so like I think um like you often just think about your own game and 
um, being a good player, playing mm. good games, stuff like that, being a good team. But then even the difference from walking around, say you're walking around Prinny Park, um, like five or six years ago, if you saw a girl kicking the footy, you'd be like, oh, like that's, oh, if she's kicking me with her dad or whatever, like you'd be like, that's pretty different. Like, mm. and you'd love to see it. But now when you go down, like you see girl gangs kicking the footy. Like I think one time I was doing a running session and there was like 20 girls kicking the footy on the oval and like only a couple of boys. Mm. And it's it's like it's been completely normalised. And I think it's not like we've, um, you know, all of a sudden we've made girls interested in playing footy. I think girls have always loved footy. Mm. Um, like I think it's the greatest game. Um, you can play but it's just like almost having that permission and and feeling like you can take up that space and Mm. and kicking the footy um you know if you're doing it at school like everyone's allowed to do it like yeah I I feel like kids have always loved footy but I just think yeah having the AFLW there means that girls are like this is a space for me and I like I can yeah. own this space and be proud to tuck a footy under my arm. Speaking of, of pride, you, you are massive in the Carlton pride. That's something that is going really well at the moment with the club. Mm. Talk us through that. Was that what like is the, the main aim of it? That sounds obvious, but what's the, yeah. the big project there? Um, well, I guess being part of the women's footy space, that's traditionally been like a super inclusive mm. welcoming space. Like decades ago, um, you know, it was a kind of like a safe haven for a lot of queer people. Um, so I guess it's kind of like paying tribute to where the game has grown from and respecting that for a lot of the time. Um, like, well, I guess AFLW wouldn't exist if those um, that community yeah. didn't stand up for women playing footy and, sure. and queer people playing footy. So um, there's that aspect. And then there's also the aspect that, like a lot of my teammates were like, we're all part of the LGBTIQA plus community. Um, So we want to make sure it is continuing to be a welcoming space, even though it is becoming more mainstream and there are more people um, engaging in women's footy. I think um, there's still like a lot of work to be done um, in ensuring everyone feels like they can go to the footy. And that doesn't mean just playing footy but it means people feeling safe to go to the footy, to go to a men's game, um, you know, to wear their, their footy colours. Um, I think of what the game has given me as a person and I think there shouldn't be anyone in Australia who feels like they're not allowed to have that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it comes down to that. Yeah. And not speaking on everyone, I know we can't, but do you think people would feel like they can't be a part of it or they just don't feel confident enough that it's for them? Well, I think a lot of people have experiences where they haven't felt safe at a game or, mm. you know, um, they might not they might not feel like footy has always been the kindest place yep. to them or, you know, things have been said in the media or, or, you know, slurs have been used that really directly impact them. So I think as a game, like, we have to actually welcome those people in. It's not just going to... It's probably like the, the thing you were saying before about players, like yeah. even though you feel, even though you'd assume that people are, that are welcome, sometimes you actually have to say, yeah. come on. Yeah, and if yeah. people haven't been part of that space before, like sometimes you do need someone to outstretch an arm and be yeah, like, nah, this is this is for you too. Yeah. 
obviously gun on field, gun off field, doing incredible things in the whole AFRW space, but there's more to you. You've got your graphic design, you've got your podcasts, Cutting Oranges, hmm. and you won at Carlton. Now, what was that one called? Because I, Oh, I, it's called Behind the Game Changes Yeah, ever podcast. since they cut Dylan, discussed with Dylan, I've just banned Carlton <laughs> Media from since then. So I, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't listen to any of their stuff anymore. I'm yeah. too upset. No, that's fair. Talk us through um, Cutting Oranges. What's, what's your show? Who have you had on? And, and what's the aim? Yeah, um, well, we did, started it uh, last season and it was pretty much all about um, talking to different people who have influenced women's footy mm-hmm. one way or another um, because there are so many different angles that people have come in from um, mm-hmm. and, and everyone's of equal importance. Like I chatted to Brie last season, so um, obviously coming off winning the best and fairest, like chatting to her was really awesome. So someone at the top of her game. Um, and my first episode was with Sal Reese, who um, she was a Darabin Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, she played few decades ago um she's rough as but she's she's so great um and she was the first woman to nominate herself in the draft so I think in like maybe it was 1990 like she put in a slip to go into the men's draft because there was no rule that women couldn't um enter so that's real part that's real it's uh, amazing like I know what the word I'm thinking of pioneering yeah 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 yeah. and just like she knew she wasn't getting drafted but but she just wanted to prove a point and be like pretty cool to be on that side of history when like when it wasn't fashionable like yeah to actually yeah yeah and that's the like if I'm ever thinking of you know what we cop today or what we're trying to do in progressing the game I think about people like Sal who actually put themselves out there when it wasn't when it it wasn't as yeah it wasn't trendy yeah it wasn't accepted and she was like I'm doing it because this is what has to be done. Um, so people like her, they're like true, true pioneers. Yeah. Um, and we're just kind of riding it. Like I guess they've passed the baton on to us and yeah. we fight that in different ways now. Um, I had Andy Maher on. Andy. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a great Good person. Yeah. Um, just on Andy, like what – it must be pretty cool and, and powerful to have someone like him involved with, with the club, like – yeah. How special has that been? He's got three daughters, is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just an amazing guy. Um, he he is at most sessions. Does um, he really know what he's talking he about? Knows what like, he's talking he does. About. Yeah, like, is he, like I, I've seen him running around on like yeah. as a runner. Sometimes I'm like, does that actually make sense? I'm not sure, Andy, if that yeah. actually makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think he does a pretty good job, but he's <laughs> he's good friends with half as well. Yes, so I no, think they they've got a really good understanding. Yeah. And he's super emotional. Yeah. So I think sometimes because we're all pretty new into the club, like some of us well, some of the girls were Carlton supporters, some weren't. Yep. Um so I think someone like Andy when he walks through the door, you just know how much the club means to people. He loves it and it's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. So yeah. he just brings that level of passion that just reminds you that you're playing for yeah. so many people and it's really important. Like even, yeah, yeah, it's it's your job but it's so much more than that. Yeah. What's next for you? What's your goals? I'm talking footy goals, life goals. Mm. What do you want to do with the rest of your long tenure of life? Yeah, that's a, it's a tough one. Mm. I I don't know. Well, because even if you look back five or six years ago, like there's, I wouldn't have even, well, probably six or seven years ago, I there's no way I would have thought I'd be playing AFL. Full time, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or be part of this space. Like yep. it just wasn't a thing. On the show. Yeah. <laughs> on Dylan Friends. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so I've sort of just, yeah, been pretty open to whatever yeah. comes my way. Like I think I was saying to you before the show, I'm moving house soon and I'm yep. going to have a space to be able to do more arts and crafts. So I'm hoping that I spend a bit more time. Just arts and crafts is such a funny it's word, so isn't it? Like, it's, it's just so such good. a funny thing to say. I love arts and crafts though. This, like, it just it reminds me of like really sticking happy. like macaroni on like yeah. a piece of paper or something like, and like yeah. painting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that yeah, what you're going to well, do? I might do yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> so is the arts thing because like you're extremely talented. I, I don't want to embarrass you, but you're extremely talented in this graphic design field. Is that... I know you're saying you want to commit all your energy to footy right now, but is that something you see like... Is that a post... You know, mm. is it a business in that or is it just being involved in, you know, having that as a part of an arm of who you are? Like, is it always going to be there? Yeah, well, I, I hope so. I mm. think I think I find when that starts to drift out of what I'm doing day to day, yeah. then everything else sort of gets thrown out of whack. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, like I express myself in footy, but I also need that expression to come through design and mm. arts and crafts. Yes. So macaroni. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, I feel like I need to keep that balance. Um, I don't really know what comes after footy, whether it is something in the creative field or, yeah. or whether it is something in footy. Yeah. Um, I think but you're, I, you're a go with the flow gal. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to be though, isn't it? Like you, yeah. I, I think like I, I plan trying and, and it just stresses me out too much sometimes. Like I think yeah. you just got to, each to their own, but sometimes it is just like literally just go with the flow and yeah. just wherever it takes you, just don't say say yes to every opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And, well, now we know like everything can be shut down oh. in an instant. So it's sort of you just got to do what you can um, and enjoy the opportunities that come in when they do. So Love I'll it. just be trying to do that. No, you've been doing it well. Um, Darcy, honestly, cannot thank you enough for your time today. Thanks so much, Dil. It's been really, really fun. Um, yeah. And I, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope we've nailed it. Looking forward to seeing this season, mm. uh, twenty twenty two season, go ahead. Um, and yeah, just uh, really hoping that I can get involved and help out as much as I can because you're doing yeah. some incredible things. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Dill. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Is there like a real moment, and I'm sure there's a trillion, but like one that stands out from someone you've impacted and you're like, you go, yeah, fuck, this is why I do this? We often talk about like the young girls coming through, but there are like 30 and 40 year old women who have pulled on the boots That's in the awesome. past few years like That's there are nice. masters competitions that have started That's sick. since aflw so it's like yeah women who thought they'd never get the chance yeah they might have had kids or whatever and they've they thought that footy was past them but they've managed to pull on the That's boots awesome. and actually experience what it's like yeah. being on a field. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.